This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us today on the show. A lot to cover today. So many things to cover today. As you know, and as I often remind you, uh, the listener, you can always check out our website, AFR.net. That's AFR.net. Check out our website. You can find the Exposing Washington page, the show page there at AFR.net by just clicking on the podcast link. Then you'll find the uh, my show, Exposing Washington, listed there. Each week, not only do we post the audio of the show, but we also post links to the different stories that I talk about. So a lot of helpful information there. Also, you can download our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be Apple, Android, or or rather Google Play, um, Spotify, you name it when it comes to where you listen to podcasts, you can download Exposing Washington there. So if you can't catch us on Saturday afternoon live, then you can catch us at, uh, at your own timing by downloading the podcast. And lastly is the app, AFR app on your smartphone. It's free. Download the AFR app on your smartphone, listen live, and listen to various podcasts there. Today during the show, uh, for the most part, and maybe for the entire show, we'll just see how it goes, we're going to cover this Inspector General report that was released by Michael Horowitz, nearly 500 pages, and this report thoroughly outlines the entire Russia hoax. And we've talked extensively about the Russia investigation on this show extensively for the past few years. We've talked about the criminal activity that went on under the Obama administration, about how James Comey and the FBI and others went after Donald Trump, and they did so on behalf of the Clinton campaign and their opposition research. It's the insurance policy, as the FBI agents put it in their own words, this was the insurance policy. Should Donald Trump win, we have this insurance policy in place. Should Donald Trump win, and if we need to use it, we'll pull it out. If Hillary Clinton wins, then we can kind of slide this policy uh, in a sh- on a shelf somewhere, close it up, and Hillary Clinton's president for the next four to eight years. So this is the insurance policy, and this, this uh, report by Michael Horowitz is a report on the insurance policy, how it began, how it went, and where it ended. 
And I'll admit, I did not read all 478 pages. But I skimmed through and I highlighted what I thought was important. And if you read the executive summary, which is basically the first 20 pages, the executive summary pretty much tells the story. It pretty much tells the story. And the first thing I want to note here is that just a few pages in, Michael Horowitz conveniently adds one sentence that basically says we can find no we we could not find that political that one's political views drove the investigation or influenced the investigation that there were no political motives behind the investigation And what do you know, the media and the Democrats and all the liars out there, that's what they've been pounding for the past three days. There was no political influence into the Russia investigation. No, there was no political influence into the Russia investigation. No politics involved. The inspector general finds that there was no political influence that went into the Russia investigation. But then the inspector general goes on to outline at least 17 examples where these FBI officials, the vast majority of them, Hillary Clinton's supporters, either by money or by rhetoric, he goes on to outline at least 17 examples of how they went after Donald Trump. And they did so illegally and improperly. But there were no politics involved here, folks. No political influence at all. A clean investigation when it comes to negative or improper influences. The inspector, and the inspector general at times has also noted how these same FBI agents spent their time texting each other, bashing, talking about how much they hated Donald Trump. No political influence, my friends, no political influence when it comes to the investigation. But to begin reviewing this, the FBI, the FBI launched a full investigation into Carter Page. And then they moved on. They got a FISA warrant on Carter Page. They got a FISA warrant on Carter Page. And then just not long after, within a month after they got the first FISA warrant on Carter Page, the Steele dossier, or the Christopher Steele, this is a British, uh, a British national, he gets uh, Christopher Steele does opposition research for the Clinton campaign. And little do we know that the FBI used the vast majority of the Christopher Steele uh, the Christopher Steele opposition research. The FBI used it and it made up the vast majority of the FISA warrant application, which is basically a search warrant into Carter Page, which is a Trump campaign associate. 
the FBI in the FISA application basically says that Christopher Steele, who's doing opposition research for the Clinton campaign, but the FBI doesn't note that in any of the four FISA applications or the renewals. The FBI claims, you know, Christopher Steele is a credible source. We've worked with him before. Everything in this FISA application, everything in the Christopher Steele opposition research done by, paid for by Hillary Clinton, all of it is corroborated. It's true. We've, bet, we've checked it. We've checked our sources. No problem here. They even went on to say in the FISA application that Christopher Steele has been used by prosecutors across the world that Christopher Steele's information has been used by courts. It's verifiable. It's been by, used by law agencies, by prosecutors. Despite the fact that that is absolutely false, the vast majority of Christopher Steele's opposition research that was used by the FBI, the vast majority of it had not been corroborated. And the FBI knew that. And so, as I said, not long after the first search warrant into this is a search warrant into the Trump campaign. Let's let's not even try to, you know, mince words. This is a search warrant into the Trump campaign by Obama's FBI. But listen to this. Shortly after the first FISA app, I'm reading directly from the report. Shortly after the first FISA application was signed, an article entitled, quote, A veteran spy has given the FBI information alleging a Russian operation to cultivate Donald Trump, end quote. This article was published by Mother Jones. Christopher Steele admitted to the FBI that he was a source for the article, and the FBI closed him as a confidential human source for calls in November 2016. However, as we described below, Despite having been closed for, for cause, because he's talking to the media and he's not supposed to, the FBI continued to obtain information from him through Bruce Orr, a DOJ official, who met with the FBI on at least 13 occasions to pass along information he had been provided by Steele. So Christopher Steele gives the FBI the opposition research that Hillary Clinton paid for so that they can go after Donald Trump, then, the, then the, a month later, he goes and talks to Mother Jones, the media, which is a big no-no for FBI human sources. Do not talk to the media. Well, instead of cutting ties with Christopher Steele, the FBI keeps talking to him on at least a dozen occasions. And listen to this. In the report here, the Inspector General notes that the CIA viewed Christopher Steele's opposition research as, quote, Internet rumors, end quote according to an FBI intel section chief. So John Brennan's CIA viewed Christopher Steele's opposition research as garbage, and here the FBI is using it to do a search warrant application. Listen to this. FBI efforts to verify information in the Steele election report, the Steele dossier, the Steele garbage and to learn about Steele and his source network continued after Steele's, after Steele's closure as a confidential human source. In November and December of 2016, FBI officials traveled abroad. This is the last days of the Obama administration. They traveled abroad, abroad met with various people who knew Christopher Steele, 
And it was revealed to the FBI again that still was not a credible source. But conveniently, the FBI left this out of his file even after they came back from overseas. I want to play, I want, I want us to transition here, and I want to play clip one. This is William Barr, the Attorney General, talking about the dossier that I've been citing here, how faulty it was, and how the FBI simply ignored it. Clip one, let's listen. They withheld from the court all the exculpatory information, and they withheld from the court information about the lack of reliability of steel. The real interesting thing here, and to me the major takeaway, actually is after the election. Because in January, they went to, Steele was dealing with one person, I only talked to one person, and that's the, what we call the primary subsource, and it was that person who had the so-called network of subsources. When they finally got around to talking to him, uh, he said, I don't know what Steele's talking about. I didn't tell him this mm. stuff. Or, you know, it was mostly barroom talk and, and rumor. I made it clear to him this was my own suppositions and theories. And, you know, this is, and, and at that point, it was clear that the dossier was a sham. So what happens? What happens at that point? They don't tell the court, and they continue to get FISA warrants based on that dossier, and that they actually filed with the court a statement saying, we talked to the subsource, and we found him credible and cooperative. And they put that in to bolster... When the subsource had, had, dossier, had when actually the, what, said... When he, the, what he was being truthful about <laughs> is that the dossier was garbage. <laughs> there you have it. That's the Attorney General of the United States. What he is outlining for us, my friends, is a crime. What is the crime? The crime is intentionally excluding material facts and evidence that go counter to the FBI's case. You cannot do that. Like it or not, if investigators come across information that exonerates or paints one of their key witnesses, really the only witness, the only source, Christopher Steele, if they come across evidence that undercuts Christopher Steele's claims, they have to note that. Can you imagine if investigators across the country, every time they came across key facts that they just didn't like, that they threw them in the garbage? That is a crime. It's called obstruction of justice and excluding key material facts that should be noted when it comes to obtaining search warrants. And so William Barr, the attorney general, says that the troubling fact here is that the FBI discovered after the election that, the, that their entire search warrant before was garbage. It was built on sand. But what did they do? They went back three more times with the same garbage and got three renewals on the search warrant, while even some while Donald Trump is in the Oval Office. It's noted here in the report that, quote, the FBI filed three renewal applications with the 
Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court on January 12th, eight days before the inauguration, April 7th, and June 29th, 2017, two of those while Donald Trump is President of the United States. The Inspector General goes on to note that the FBI, that, that, that they, the Inspector General identified 17 significant errors or key facts that the FBI intentionally left out of the warrant applications. Why? Because the key facts went against their narrative. Another uh, uh, a fact that I want to transition to here, another topic within this, is clip three. I want to I want us to listen to Senator Ted Cruz. Senator Ted Cruz is is explaining to us, is noting to us a FBI lawyer and how he fabricated documents to bolster the FBI's fake Russia hoax narrative. Clip three, Ted Cruz, let's listen. Let me read on page two fifty six of the OIG report, the final paragraph consistent with the Inspector General Act of 1978 and following OIG's discovery that the OGC attorney had altered the email that he sent to the supervising agent, who thereafter relied on it to swear out the final FISA application. So the, so the men and women at home need to know what's happening. A lawyer at the FBI creates fraudulent evidence, alters an email that is in turn used as the basis for a sworn statement to the court that the court relies on. Am I stating that accurately? Uh, That's correct. That is what occurred. Now, you have worked in in law enforcement a long time. Is the pattern of a Department of Justice employee altering evidence and submitting fraudulent evidence that ultimately gets submitted to a court, is that commonplace? Is that typical? Um, I have not seen... Uh, an alteration of an email end up uh, impacting a court document like this. In any, in any ordinary circumstance, if a private citizen did this, mm-hmm. fabricated evidence, and by the way, what he inserted was not just slightly wrong, it was 180 degrees opposite what the evidence said. So the intelligence agency said this guy is a source, and he inserted this guy is not a source. Well, there you have it. And let me just explain this in layman terms. What Ted Cruz is talking about there is that the FBI, before they got a a foreign intelligence, basically before they got a search warrant on Carter Page, which is a Trump campaign associate, before they got a, a search warrant on him, it was brought to their attention that he was actually working for the CIA. Well, the FBI calls over to the CIA and says, hey, CIA, does Carter Page work for you guys? And they say, yes, he does. He's a source, a key source for the CIA. When it comes to Russia, Ukraine, all this. The FBI says, okay, send me documentation over proving, documenting that Carter Page is a source for the CIA. They do so. The CIA lawyers email the FBI, a general counsel within the FBI, and they say, here's your information. Here's your documentation that Carter Page works for us. Guess what the lawyer at the FBI does? He takes that email and he alters the actual email, the text in the email, 
to say the opposite, that Carter Page does not work for the CIA. And then the FBI lawyer submits that to the FISA court. That is tampering with evidence, and that's obstruction of justice. If that's not a crime, then I don't know what is. If physically altering key evidence and then turning it into the court, turning in fake evidence to a federal court is not a crime, then what on this earth is a crime? Because if you or I were to submit knowingly fake information to a court and then we would sign our name at the bottom of the paper swearing that this is factual, we would go to jail. We can't do that. And so why can FBI slobs do this? Why can they do this? They can do it because they're all corrupt and they're all covering each other's back. That's why they can do it. Now, the good news is that Attorney General Barr has John Durham looking into this. John Durham, the U.S. prosecutor from Connecticut, is actually investigating this criminal activity. He has launched a full-fledged criminal investigation into this corrupt cabal, this coup that was headed up by Obama's Justice Department. And I'll just tell you this, if John Durham does not put people in jail for this criminal activity, that's going to be extremely disappointing to say the least. Extremely disappointing to say it nicely. Because nowhere else in our country can you commit felonies like this and then get an FBI pension. Nowhere else. This is unacceptable anywhere else in the country to commit felonies to falsify and frame an American citizen for a crime that never happened and then you get to retire on the government's dime. Actually, mine and your dime. The American taxpayer's dime. This can not happen. Thankfully, Carter Page, the victim here, along with Donald Trump, but Carter Page, clip four, says, he, guess what? He's going to sue the FBI for damages. Clip four, let's listen. If you don't have a massive lawsuit that will pay you hundreds of millions of dollars, I don't know who would. Do you plan on going after all of these people that did this to you? Absolutely, Sean. We, uh, there is a team of, uh, you know, I was always working on this on my own uh, for the last few years, and they, I kept getting uh, DOJ run, run rings around me. And right now, as we speak, we have uh, a team of attorneys going through that document in great detail. Well, there you have it. That is uh, Chris, uh, Carter Page saying that he is going to sue the FBI. Look, Carter Page is probably going to be a multi-millionaire when this is all said and done. Because any judge with any type of sense or understanding of the law is going to make the FBI, who framed falsely framed American citizen for something that never happened, and ruined his reputation, the FBI is probably going to have to pay Carter Page a lot of money for this mess that they got themselves in. And it's not necessarily a crime or illegal just to open an investigation, but when you open an investigation and you falsify evidence and you alter documents and change material facts to fit your narrative despite you knowing they're false... And then you get three, really four search warrants on American Citizen. 
that's a crime. That's a crime, and someone at the FBI is going to have to legally answer for it. And one person who's probably going to have to answer uh, for something is FBI current director Christopher Wray. Let me read you the absolute horrible statement that Christopher Wray put out. Here's what, here's the snarky statement that Christopher Wray put out right after the Inspector General released a 500-page report outlining felonies at the FBI. Here's part of Christopher Wray's statement. This report concludes that the FBI's Crossfire Hurricane investigation, which is the Russia hoax, and related investigations of certain individuals were opened in 2016, listen to this, for an authorized purpose and with adequate factual predication. Did you read the report, Christopher Ray? There was not adequate factual predication. There was fake evidence by your lawyers that started this entire witch hunt and hoax that cost our country $35 million and two years of wasted time. Christopher Ray goes on to say that this report also details instances, listen to this, watered-down language. This report details instances in which certain FBI personnel at times, blah, 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 did not comply with existing policies, well, duh, neglected to exercise appropriate diligence, or otherwise failed to meet the standard of conduct that the FBI expects. Christopher Ray is trying to act like some of his low-level employees maybe just submitted a few documents and, and didn't necessarily complete in a sentence and didn't check a box that they were supposed to check on some search warrant applications. Appropriate diligence? No. What he should say here is that the report outlines multiple felonies committed by FBI employees, many of which are still working for me. Because that's the reality. Some of these people that committed the crimes are still on the payroll at the FBI. Tell me how that is possible in America. Christopher Ray is probably going to find himself jobless, hopefully, like today. President Trump not very happy with Christopher Ray and his excuse making at the FBI. My theory is anyone who touched this dirty, illegal, criminal, felonous mess called the Russia hoax, anyone who touched it should no longer have a job at the FBI and if they committed felonies like outlined in the report well they should go to jail just like everybody else thanks for tuning in to exposing Washington on American Family Radio we'll see you next week The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.